If you have your Bible, take it and turn there. It's interesting that uh, the twelve disciples never asked Jesus to teach them how to multiply bread. Now that might be a good thing, you know, if you were, if you were, hey, how did you do that? Could you give me the trick? Or, uh, hey, Jesus, would you teach us how to speak in front of a crowd of five thousand? They never asked Jesus how to calm a storm. Remember that day when uh, uh, you walked on the water, you came out, and uh, wow. They never asked Jesus how to heal and uh, remove demons. They didn't get into that. They didn't ask Jesus um, how to raise someone from the dead. Guess what the only thing they asked Jesus to teach them to do? To pray. To pray. And uh, that's the section of God's Word that we're going to look at this morning. They said, here's what we really know, we need to know, uh, so would you please teach us how to pray? Uh, would you please stand with me if you are able? And let's read out loud together the instructions that Jesus gives to the disciples, the instructions that Jesus gives to us how to pray. Read with me, would you please? One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When He finished, one of His disciples said to Him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught His disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of the friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, being a Father who, above all, and knowing all, and seeing all, Thank you, Lord, that you care for each and every one of us right here today in your church. You, you know us, uh, every hair on our head. You know exactly what we're thinking right now. You know uh, all that's going on underneath. So, Lord, thank you for not being a distant and uncaring father. Lord, we realize the words we just read um, are things we need to know about. 
Um, and we also realize, Lord, that uh, just like the disciples, we need to be taught how to pray. So, Lord, I'm asking that today you might teach us. Help us to tune in to your instruction. Help us to hear very clearly. And, Lord, the truth is, for most of us, the last thing we need is more facts and more information to shove into our minds, especially about prayer. Lord, instead, I'm asking that you'll help us to apply what we learn today. I'm asking, Lord, that you might enable us to put it into action what it is you were teaching the disciples about how to pray. Lord, help us to know how to pray. May your inspired words that Dr. Luke wrote down and the Holy Spirit that helped Dr. Luke get them down exactly right, may that very same Holy Spirit be welcomed right now in your church. And all the church at Walloon Lake said in unity and with one voice, you may be seated. Just want you to know, you were very close to having to give it a second run there with the amen. That was like a C minus, okay? That happens next week, you're going to do it again, okay? Okay, you've been warned. Uh, I'd like you to consider a question, okay? And if you're taking notes, this, this is kind of the question of the morning. Could the reason that we don't see more answers to our prayers be that we quit too quickly? Is it possible that the reason we don't see God moving more and responding to our prayers because we give up too easily? Is it possible the reason we don't see more answers, more, wow, look at what God did stuff going on, is because we grow impatient, and we, when we don't get an answer quickly, we assume the answer must be no. Well, he hasn't answered. I prayed for three days. When actually God's answer might be, I want you to keep asking. And I want you to ask again. And I want you to ask some more. And I don't want you to quit asking me with what's heavy on your heart. James 4 and verse 2 says, We have not because we ask not. One of the reasons we don't get what we want in prayer is because we're really not asking. Uh, it seems that Jesus is saying here in Luke chapter 11, we have not because we only ask once or twice or maybe five or ten times. And our Heavenly Father is saying through Jesus right here, I want you to keep asking. I want you to keep persistently asking over and over and over again. Now, Verses 1 through 4 is a condensed version of Matthew chapter 6. You probably noticed that, right? Because most of us, we know the Lord's Prayer, and we're thinking, uh, what's up with that? That's not the Lord's Prayer that I memorized. Or maybe you grew up in a church where you, uh, you said the Lord's Prayer every Sunday. Well, that's not the words that I used to say. Well, you should read in the commentaries the Fuhrer, over Luke 11 being different from Matthew chapter 6. Uh, it's like some of the commentators, oh no, I think Jesus forgot his own prayer. What do we do now? He, he messed it up. He, he said it really good in Matthew 6, but he forgot some of the words in Luke chapter 11. Um, when I think it's quite straightforward, uh, 
The reason they're different is because Jesus uh, gave Matthew chapter 6 when he was preaching what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, above the Sea of Galilee, the crowds are there. And that was one event. And at a different time, I would argue much later, Luke chapter 11 is when the 12 disciples are all alone with Jesus. So the reason they're different, it was two different times. Two different, te- two different audiences, and, and there was a different reason why Jesus was, was giving these words that we would call the Lord's Prayer. Okay? So instead of going with all that he gave in Matthew 6, now he's giving a, a quick summary of his Sermon on the Mount prayer. Make sense? Okay. So Jesus is teaching them how to pray. He begins with what we call the Lord's Prayer. And uh, I I think this is the model prayer. I don't believe this is a prayer that we're called to repeat verbatim, word for word, over and over and over again. Instead, I think these are the essentials. When you pray, these are the essentials, the, the types of things that you should be praying. So let's just work through. Uh, Starting with verse 2, he says, uh, Father, remember who you're talking to. So when you go to pray, remember you're talking to your heavenly Father. Uh, He's our Abba. Uh, We might say he's our Daddy. He cares deeply for us. And we should approach him that way. So that's the first essential. Remember who you're talking to. Second, remember... Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. Uh, I'm not just talking to anybody. I'm talking to the creator, the ruler, the sustainer of the universe. Remember who you're talking to. This just isn't anybody. I'm talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He should be honored and respected as I talk to him. Talk to him as you would a king, only he's the king of all the other kings. Okay, make sense? Uh, Father, hallowed be your name. Third thing to remember, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Uh, That's the place where the king rules in his kingdom. And where does the king rule today? Answer, where does Jesus rule and reign today? In the hearts and the lives of his followers. And where will he reign in the future? Book of Revelation. New heaven, the new earth, Revelation 20, 21. Make sense? Revelation 22. So again, today rules and reigns where? Point where he rules today. He reigns in my life. Oh yeah, and I need to remember, you deserve to rule and reign in my life today, but this isn't where it ends. Uh, The best is yet to come. There's going to be a day you rule new heaven and the new earth. Uh, Fourth thing to remember, this is found in verse 3. Give us each day our daily bread. Lord, I I need you to come through for me or I am toast. Uh, I need you to give me what I need today to survive. Keep the oxygen coming. Keep the bread and the water coming, Lord. Give me the essentials. I'm dependent on you. That's the idea here. Uh, Fifth thing, uh, verse 4. Forgive us of our, what is it? Sin. Uh, Lord, I, I am a sinner, and every day I need to come back to you 
and acknowledge I'm a sinner and I need to confess my sins and I need to get back in right relationship with you. Remember our sins because I'm a sinner and I don't want any walls, any barriers between me and you, Lord. Um, Number six, six, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. So, Lord, you forgive me when I come and confess. Lord, help me today to forgive anybody who sins against me. Already today, I'm I'm already planning on, if someone sins and steps on me, I'm going to offer the same forgiveness that you've given me. And finally, seventh essential, and lead me not into temptation. This is a very dark and sinful world we live in. And Lord, I need you to help me navigate today and help me not to fall in the very same ditch that I fell in yesterday. Right, Glenn? Because I don't want to fall in that ditch today and tomorrow. Lord, help me to wisely navigate my life today because I don't want to fall into temptation over and over and over again. Those are the seven, what I would call the foundational elements of prayer. Jesus is saying these things should be a part of your praying on a regular basis. What are they? Lord, you're my heavenly Father and you're out for my good. You're my Abba Daddy. I need to remember who you are. You're the awesome King of the universe. Your kingdom should rule and reign in my life today. I I need to let you be the king. I need to slide off the throne. Jesus, you come take charge. Uh, Give me the daily bread. I'm totally dependent on you to meet my needs. I'm asking for that. I need to start clean and stay clean. And if I sin, what do I do? What do you do if you sin? If you fall down, what do you got to do? Get up. How do you get up spiritually? You confess. You call it sin. And you say, Lord, I need you to wash and cleanse by the shed blood of the Lamb. Uh, Give me the strength to forgive other people who step on me today. And Lord, help me to keep shining bright. And shining bright doesn't mean I'm not ever going to blow it. I'm not ever going to say that I'll never give in to temptation again. That's called heaven. That's when we're, we're without sin nature any longer. But Lord, help me to navigate well, shine bright for you. And Lord, help me to be victorious over temptation today. Jesus says to the twelve, track with me, and he's saying to us, that's the basics. That's the seven elements to good praying. That's how you pray. And then Jesus heads off into a really unexpected direction. Okay, here we go. Uh, Seven foundational things, verses 2 to 4, and then verse 5, then Jesus, ta- he's still teaching them about how to pray. Then he says, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to your friend at midnight and say, friend, <clears throat> would you please lend me three loaves of bread? A friend of mine on a journey has come and I didn't know he was coming and I don't have any bread left, verse 7. And suppose the friend inside says, get out of here, it's midnight, I'm sound asleep, don't bother me, the door's locked. Uh, This is a one-room house. I'm going to wake everybody up. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up. I can't give you anything. Leave me alone. Kind of a grumpy friend, amen? Uh, Verse 8, I tell you, even though he'll not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, I'll be your friend in the morning. Leave me alone. Uh, Yet because of your shameless audacity, hey, I need bread. And you won't leave him alone. He'll surely get up and give you as much as you need. 
Now, as I read that, first several times I'm reading that, I'm thinking I'm not tracking Jesus. Uh, we, we were asking you, how should we pray? And now you tell me about a friend knocking on his neighbor's door at midnight. What does that have to do with how to pray? What's the point? Okay. Well, in parables, most parables, one person mentioned in the parable represents us. Listen with me. And usually, one person in the parable represents God. So in this parable, the neighbor who goes to his neighbor and knocks on his door, who does that represent? Track with me. Can you tell me? Who is it? Well, that's us. <laughs> that's, that's the people who need to be taught how to pray. Uh, and who is the neighbor who's a little grumpy and doesn't want to get out of bed? Who does that represent? Come on, you can say it. I know you're hesitant. Can I really say God's a little grumpy? Uh, well, in, in this parable, yeah, you can. So go ahead. Who is this? This is God. Okay. Now, Jesus is teaching us here, okay? You already got your seven foundational essentials together. You've already prayed those things. But he's saying, but then I want you to add to that boldness. I, I want you to be persistent. I want you to pray with daring determination. Okay, now, now get those seven things. You know who you're talking to. He's God. You're clean. You're in right relationship. You've asked Him to walk well. But then in your praying, as you move on, I want you to pray with bold audacity is what it says. I, I want you to be audacious and shameless. You come knocking on God's door. That's what He says. Now, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 18 to your right. There's a very similar parable, and I think these kind of go together, so I'm going to ask you to turn there quickly. Uh, verse 1 is the key, 18.1 of Luke. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them, here's what he says, I'm telling you why I'm going to tell you this story, to show them that they should always pray and what? You should always pray, and what does it say? And what? And not, I don't want you giving up when you pray. Then we go on, verse 2. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time the judge refused, but finally he said to himself, <laughs> I think this is funny, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, she's going to wear me down, I'll see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually just come and attack me. This woman is wild. She is bold. She is ferocious. She won't leave me alone. Verse 6, And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, okay, in the parable... The widow represents who? Us. Yeah, those who should be praying. Uh, and who uh, is the judge in this story? Who does that represent? God. Okay? But look at verse 7 and explains, And will not God bring about justice for His chosen ones who cry out to Him day and night? Will He keep putting them off? 
So, so we have a God who says, you know what? You can come and be persistent and relentless and fearless just like this widow. Matter of fact, I like that about this widow. Matter of fact, that should be a part of your praying. Remember, he's teaching us how to pray. When you come to me, I want you to be like this widow, and I want you to refuse to quit and give up easily. You give up far too quickly. I wonder, I wonder if the reason we don't see more answers to our prayers is because we give up in our praying far too quickly. Far too easily. We say, well, he, he, he must not be interested in giving what I want, what I need. Go back to Luke chapter 11, okay? Uh, now we're going to get to verse 9. And uh, Jesus continues his teaching. Remember, he's, he's given them this, this uh, parable about this guy going and banging on the neighbor's door at midnight. Then he says, verse 9, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Verse 10, For everyone who asks, what happens? And the one who seeks, what happens? And the one who knocks on the door, what happens? Wow. Now, let's just put this all together. Jesus says, when you're praying, I want you to be like that bold, determined neighbor. And I know it's midnight, and I know everybody's asleep, but I want you to be just like that neighbor. I want you to come banging on my door and and crying out and not giving up till you get what you need from me. I want you to be like that relentless, persistent widow who refused to quit. She wore that judge out till he granted her request. Now look at verses 9 and 10. He says, Further, I want you to be one who asks, and the verb here, you need to know this, is a continuous verb, meaning I want you to ask and keep on asking. Isn't that interesting? And, and I want you to seek continuous verb and keep on seeking. And I want you to knock, continuous verb, and keep on what? Knocking. Do you understand the significance of what Jesus is teaching here? I'm teaching you that I want you to keep coming to me in prayer. I don't want you giving up quickly. I want you to come again and again and again and again. Now just pause. Some of you are already thinking, oh, so if I wear God down enough... With what I want, I want that new Mercedes. I want that. I, I want that wonderful house. I and you can just think right now. I want the Lions to win the Super Bowl next year. Uh, if I can just wear God down, then I'll get whatever I want. I want to point you back to verses one to four, because that's already been covered. Okay, so before you run with this and, and go stupid places, uh, uh, I re- need to remember, I've already went to the Lord and said, Lord, you're my Abba Father. I honor and respect your name. You're the ruler of all. You're the king of my life. Come and take charge. Uh, sit on the throne. Be my ruler. 
I'm weak and puny, Lord. I need you to take care of my daily needs. I confess my sin where I've sinned in thought, word, or deed. Give me strength, Lord, to forgive those who sin against me. And Lord, help me not to fall into temptation and give in to sin. Do you understand if you've already done those seven essentials, you're not going to go to goofy places with what he's saying here. So with those as our base, Jesus is saying, I want you to come to me and ask. And keep on asking for what only I can provide. I want you to come to me and seek and keep on seeking that which God alone knows the answer for. And I want you to keep knocking on my door and knock on the door that only God the Father can open for you. That's what he's saying here. Loudly, strongly, be bold, be persistent, be fearless, praying. Why? Because, Lord, you're my heavenly Father, and if you don't come through in this situation for me, I am hopeless, I am helpless, I come to you alone. That's what Jesus is trying to teach us. And he's not done yet. (laughs) Go to verse 11. Watch how Jesus concludes his teaching on prayer. Verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Pause. I wonder how many of you dads, just chat with, think with me for a moment, um, would go out and find a three, four foot rattlesnake, okay? And then I, you're, you're going to put it in a bag, and while your five year old child is sleeping, you're going to dump that snake on the child's bed. Because I just want to see how my child responds. I, I just want to see what happens. So I'm just going to watch and see what happens. Moms, any chance that's going to happen? Any, any chance that dad's going to live if he wants to play that kind of a... I'm talking a real live, uh, fully venomous rattlesnake. No, of course not. Okay? He goes on. Verse 12. Or if your child asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Now, we're not quite as familiar with scorpions as snakes. Uh, How many of you dads would go buy an Arizona bark scorpion? I picked that one because that's the most dangerous scorpion in North America. Uh, this, This is just a little guy, but he packs a big punch, and the Arizona bark scorpion has been known to kill young children. So, I'm going to get one of these scorpions, and it'll come in the mail. Probably FedEx will bring it. Uh, I have to sign for it. Uh, but, but I have a, a purpose in mind. I have this little baby, only a few months old. But I just thought it might be interesting to put the scorpion in the crib at night and then wake up the next morning and see what happens. I think that's, that's something I'd like to try out um, and just see, you know, just, just a little experiment. Um, any chances, dads? <laughs> any chances, moms? You're going to, of course not. Of course you, you, you know, even though we have our goofiness, men, as dads, we would never do that. That, that would be a deranged mind. Now keep reading with me. 
Jesus says, if you then are evil and goofy and prone to wander, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your perfect Heavenly Father give good gifts to you? Good gifts like the Holy Spirit. Good, good gifts like answers to prayer. <laughs> that, that's his point. If we as human fathers would never give deadly gifts to our children, we as, as human fathers, goofy, prone to wander, prone to make mistakes, know how to give good gifts to our children? Verse 13, don't miss this, how much more does our Heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to His children? That's our Abba Father. He, he's, he's a good Father. He loves us and He treats us as a loving, kind, generous Father. So, let's just kind of follow this teaching all the way through. Okay? First of all, verses 2 to 4, make sure you get the foundation down. Make sure you've already prayed that sort of prayer. And then know that our God who we're praying to is not a grumpy neighbor. That's not who He is. He's not reluctant to get out of bed and respond to our request. He's our Father, and He's ready and willing to give us what we need. That's our God that we're talking to. And He's not um, an unjust judge who refused to bring justice to what we're praying about. That's the idea there in Luke 18. Matter of fact, he's, he's eager to give us what we're seeking for. And finally, He's not an evil father. Our God is not like a dad who puts dangerous animals into his child's bed or on his dinner plate. That's not the kind of God He is. Instead, He's the Abba Father who opens the door on good gifts for His children. <laughs> when there are situations that we face and that are weighing on our hearts and our minds, here's what Jesus is saying. I want you to come and come and keep on coming with those situations because I care and I love and I bring good gifts. Keep on bringing to me Keep asking me to work on that prodigal child of yours, heart and life. I want you to just keep coming. You can ask every day. You can ask every hour. That's okay. You can keep seeking me to break through to your unsafe friends' hearts and lives. You can ask me every day. You can ask me twice a day. I'm good with that. You can keep knocking on my door about that illness that you're struggling with or that your family member or your friend is struggling, you can come and knock on my door every day, every hour, several times an hour if you need it. Here's what you need to know. God isn't irritated and thinking, would you stop it already? Would you quit it? I, I, I heard you last hour, and I just wanted you to quit. Actually, the Lord loves it when we keep banging on His door even if it's the same issue over and over and over. Actually, He's honored and pleased when we love and trust Him enough to keep on coming and say, Lord, please help. Lord, please work. work in, uh, you alone are the answer. Lord, if you don't come through, uh, i got nowhere else to go. You alone can solve this situation. 
The Lord says, I love it when you bring that to me again and again. Jesus says, your heavenly Father says, I'm honored with your persistent prayer. It shows faith. You know the right place to bring it to. You're bringing it to the only place that is the ruler, the king, the creator, the sustainer of everything going on in this universe. You got the right place. Keep on coming. Keep on asking. Now, I know some of you are thinking, uh, well, what if I knock and, and I seek and I ask and, and I don't get what I'm asking for? What happens then? Um, are you ready? I'm going to go back to Matthew 6 with, with the long version. Um, Jesus said in that prayer, not my will, but, but what? Your will be done, Lord. So I'm going to keep boldly knocking until the Lord gives me a clear answer. That would be my response. You just keep knocking and asking and seeking until the Lord gives you a clear answer. Father, you're the king and creator of all life. You're the king of my life. Now maybe you gave an answer that I wasn't expecting. Maybe you gave an answer that I really didn't care for. But Lord, right now, give me the faith to keep trusting you. But he's the Abba Father who knows everything. I'm going to trust you even if I don't get it. I'm going to keep asking and see. But sometimes, with well, well occasionally, it's not, that causes us to not listen to the energy and the focus of this passage. Look back at verses 5 to 13. Don't miss it. Yeah, there will be times he's not going to answer the way you think he should answer. He's not going to do it the way you thought he should do it. That's true. But don't miss what Jesus is saying. You know what he's saying? Don't quick too quickly. Don't give up too easily. You're talking to your father. You're talking to your Abba Daddy. Jesus is saying, I want you who follow me, I want you to be persistent in your praying. I want you to keep on coming. I want you to be fearless like that widow, unceasing. And a lot of good stuff that Jesus wants to give us will start flowing our way. And here's the negative side. I'm convinced a lot of good stuff Jesus wants to give us, we don't get. Why? Why would you answer? A lot of good things that he's ready to respond, why don't we get it? We gave up far too quickly. We grew impatient, and we said, I quit. Two quick illustrations, and I'm done. Uh, True story. Someone here in the church at Walloon, been banging on the door, talking to the Lord, persistent, and uh, there was a relationship with a family member that had turned ugly, and for 20 years, banging on the door. Lord, if you, if you could work this out, you know my heart. I, I'd like to see this relationship restored. And, and, and I could spend an hour telling you how it all exactly worked, but I just want to report to you, 20 years banging on the door, guess what the Lord did? Restoration between this person and family member. And, and now they're talking two, three, four, five times a week, and it's better than it ever was true story but it was 20 years 20 years now I don't know if this person had quit banging on God's door and quit being persistent uh, maybe the Lord would have done it anyway 
Sometimes he's just gracious. But I suspect that that relationship would still be ugly if this person hadn't hung in there. Second uh, illustration, and we're done. Um, I did Ed Gilbert's funeral a few years ago. And a few years before Ed died, I had the privilege of leading Ed to Christ. And it was pretty cool. And it was like, he was like ready to go. And I remember at the time thinking that, man, that was like the easiest piece of fruit I ever picked. And it was kind of fun, you know, and say, hey, I got to lead somebody to the Lord, you know. Um, And then a few years after that, Ed died. And and this is where it gets interesting. At his funeral, uh, Ed's very first boss stood. He drove up here from Tennessee, because that's where Ed lived, first job. And with tears streaming down his face, said that uh, he was Ed's boss and he was a follower of Jesus and he shared Christ with Ed and Ed said, uh, no thanks, not interested. And his boss said, I put Ed on my prayer list and I prayed daily for Ed for 40 years. 40 years. And he said, I never quit uh, asking, seeking, knocking for Ed's salvation. And suddenly, I realized why that piece of fruit was so easy to pick. It had really nothing to do with me. It had to do with this gentleman in Tennessee who for 40 years kept asking, Lord, I'm praying for Ed. I'm praying that he'll become a follower of yours. And I would say his persistence was worth it. Wouldn't you agree? Was his persistent work? Forty years, and yet in due time, in the Lord's time, the father said yes. <laughs> and Ed became a follower of Jesus. Could it be the reason that we're not seeing more answers to prayer is that we quit and give up far too quickly, far too easily? Let's pray. couple questions as we close. What's going on in your life right now around you, family, friends, people in your community, small group, uh, folks in your neighborhood, at work, at school, that uh, there's stuff going on, burdens, cares that are big and weighing heavily on your heart and your mind. Any of that stuff going on around you right now? Second question, how often are you taking those situations to your Heavenly Father? Are you running to Him boldly with these situations? Are you persistent? Are you audacious in your boldness? Uh, Are you relentless with keep on bringing over and over and over again? what's on your heart and your mind. Third question. Are there issues that you've given up on? And it's, it's weighing heavily on you and it's overwhelming you, but the truth is you've quit praying about it. Maybe you thought, now this is impossible. This is too hard. Uh, this is too big. 
I, I don't think the Lord is, is hearing me anymore. Um, I've just given up. I'm convinced for many or most of us, we give up far too quickly. We quit far too easily. And I've got some amazing news from Jesus. Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 18. He wants us to keep on keeping on. He's not bothered. He's not irritated. Matter of fact, he's honored and pleased when we keep coming to him with things that are heavy on our hearts and our minds. He loves when we daily show that our faith is in Him. Lord, without You in this situation, nothing's going to happen. So I'm going to keep on asking and seeking and knocking. And Lord, with Your strength, I'm not giving up until the answer is clear. Lord, you've reminded us today that you are our Abba Daddy and uh, you like to answer our requests. You love it when we keep on coming and we don't give up and we don't quit with the circumstances and the situations that we're facing. My prayer, Lord, is that you might help us to be bold and fearless and unceasing with bringing you things that you've laid on our hearts. Lord, help us to keep pounding on your door. Lord, I'm convinced there are things that you are going to, in due time, respond to if we'll just keep, in faith, pounding on heaven's door. I pray that we, in your church, will be that kind of persistent, unceasing, fearless prayers that don't quit and don't give up. Not so that we look clever and we can give all these wonderful stories about how we hung in there, but so that we can brag on you, our Abba Daddy, who treats us so good. We love you. It's good to be your children. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things.